This archive show is from November and December of 2013. For more great shows, go to ocelli.com. This isn't a rebroadcast. It is the unbroadcast with Mrs. O. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the Ocellis. At some future date, we're going to introduce some sort of bumper music here at the beginning. But for now, without the bumper music, this is the Ocelli Effect. My name is Chuck Ocelli. I'm also known as the Blind JFK Researcher on YouTube and elsewhere. And I'm here with my partner today. Miss Kim. And what we're going to do is begin to discuss uh, different uh, current events, give ourselves a test run of what our podcast would sound like, all the content will be determined by the feedback we receive from the listeners. Now, hopefully we'll find ourselves a good platform to uh, leave this on. We're going to upload it to iTunes for now and see how it goes. Probably uh, post it on the Facebook and YouTube and the whatever else in the blogosphere, smogosphere, or whatever the hell it is out there, sphere. And uh, just see how it goes from there. Up to this point, I have uh, focused on historical research and literature on contemporary American history with a uh, very serious focus on the JFK assassination, obviously. Uh, however, this podcast will have a lot more of a diverse view of current events, and hopefully we will provide a voice and uh, a perspective on current events that is about as unique as my perspective has been on these historical issues. Certainly not mainstream, uh, certainly not Alex Jones-esque, definitely different from what you're used to. Okay, today is November 19th, 2013, and we're going to see what we have. So what do we have today, Miss Kim? Um, well, in today's news, we have uh, troops are not leaving Afghanistan in 2014, which is one of Obama's campaign promises while running for his first term of president. Okay, well, the Afghan war. Um, NBC obtained documents uh, telling us that the, well, telling us the obvious, really. Uh, Richard Engel was the uh, reporter, right? Richard Engel uh, reported from Kabul, Afghanistan, uh, an unsigned agreement to continue U.S. troops in Afghanistan. Uh, the quote from the document was 2024 and beyond uh, with an automatic renewal policy that uh, really would take two years to institute even if they did decide to initiate it. Um, this is a draft, actually, of a bilateral agreement. And it contributes further and further to the tactic of open-ended war that doesn't seem to have a clear objective. All these things began with, uh, you know, with our excursions into places like Vietnam and Laos and Cambodia in the uh, 60s. And I got to tell you, it's, it's really just a continuation of that policy, which continuously fuels the, uh, the military-industrial complex. You know, I, I see a lot of these talking heads blaming Obama for this as if it's uh, his idea and his idea alone. Number one, you know, they seem to forget 
that it was Bush that put us there. And, you know, skipping the whole nonsensical, hey, rah, rah, my team, your team, their team, gee, I'm a Jet fan, uh, nonsense that goes on with the mainstream media, you know, within the confines of this uh, false uh, left-right paradigm, you know, which is basically just that uh, that that puppet show that they talked about years ago. Uh, you know, hey, I like the puppet on the left. I like the puppet on the right. Hey, look, there's one guy controlling both puppets. Hey, don't look behind the curtain. This is really what it is. And, you know, the miraculous stuff that we see being reported uh, uh, earlier in, in earlier years about, you know, our own troops guarding stuff like opium crops and uh, all that kind of nonsense. And, gee, our big friends over there were the, quote, unquote, Northern Alliance against the Taliban. You know, it seems to be forgotten in the shuffle that the uh, Northern Alliance... Uh, you know, we're warlords, a, a loose collection of warlords from the northern part of the country that fueled most of their excursions into attacks against that fundamentalist group with opium dollars. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm nearly speechless about this. I mean, I don't know what you think, but I, I, it's just, to me, it's just more of the same. It's, it's Vietnam and people don't seem to realize we've been in Afghanistan, I think, longer than we were officially in Vietnam. Well, I think so. There's, um, definitely money to be made, so therefore we're going to continue to have our troops over in Afghanistan when I don't think it's necessary that we're there anymore at all. Is the Taliban still even as strong as it was before they killed uh, Osama bin Laden? Well, the Taliban was, uh, you know, the fundamentalist group that took over the country, and a lot of people mix this up. I mean, the uh, the fighters that were involved with the, uh, the Osama bin Laden type person, and you know what, I, I really have a hard time sorting out, you know, the Al-Qaeda situation over there, because the fact is that most of these people that are supposed to be our enemies were people that we trained, funded, armed, and everything else at one point or another. I mean, Saddam Hussein was a guy we funded, armed, and trained because, uh, you know, we wanted to knock out our friends in Iran. And we did this kind of stuff all over the Middle East. Uh, you know, the propping up of the strongman supposedly for a little while, the support of dictatorships, the support of oppressive regimes in order to, uh, you know, make our own ends meet. And I got to tell you, I, I really don't see, you know, that this should be any sort of surprise to anybody. And I think it was funny that it was kind of just mentioned on NBC and then uh, carried by the, you know, the cable news organizations as sort of a like, oh, by the way, you know, we may or may not be there. It's almost like they were floating it out there to the American public to see if we're even going to bother to notice that we're still in Afghanistan. Well, definitely was just a blip. It was just a little news blip. Well, right. And outside of the fact that people want to discuss the deplorable way that our veterans are being treated, which, you know, is absolute fact. I mean, the, the people that regardless of what you think of what their jobs actually entail at this point or what it is that they're being sent to do from a political, from a moral standpoint, uh, you know, they're still doing a job which is an honorable thing, and we, they're treated completely dishonorably by their own country when they return. We don't seem to have enough of what is a forgotten ailment in this country, which was the guilt syndrome over Vietnam. You know, we're only now starting to hear about homeless veterans and things because of viral videos where they give the guy a makeover, for God's sake. You know, it seems to me like that's more like the theme of Howard Stern's TV show from Channel 9 days in, what, the uh, the 80s or the 90s? I think it was the late 80s. To the early 90s, he had a show on uh, Channel 9, which was a universal station and ended up being uh, syndicated. 
you know, slowly but surely while the FCC was trying to chop up his radio show. Well, we have veterans that are dying in the um, hospitals because they can't get the medicine. Well, that was another story I saw, too. I mean, I, I didn't really pick up all the details because, again, I wasn't shocked. I mean, the fact that the Veterans Administration is not taking care of these guys, nobody's taking care of these guys. These guys are barely able to take care of themselves, and they're coming back here to nothing. You know, the country that they're defending is in economic ruin, uh, not just from the foreign entanglements and the wasting of money on these excursions into all these foreign lands, but on top of it, I mean, our economy's being destroyed from the inside. Well, talking about the economy, um, it's also today we have J.P. Morgan uh, returning $13 billion. Um, it's an agreement between J.P. Morgan and the Department of Justice for that debacle that happened with um, bailing out the banks. Well, that was more for the uh, the toxic mortgage assets, I think. And uh, the Department of Justice is about to announce it, as far as I know. Right. I mean, that's the one that I saw. Right. And it's supposed to be a, uh, you know, a record-setting, uh, you know, like $13 billion uh, uh, settlement on this whole thing. And, you know, to this day, you still can't get a, a solid, legitimate economist to explain to you precisely what happened. I mean, uh, the basics are that uh, people took out mortgages they couldn't afford, and everybody says, oh, it's those people's faults that, you know, the housing crash occurred and all this other stuff. But these financial institutions loaned this money out, and then they turned around and they were betting for it and against it and everything else. And what happens eventually is that the house wins. But the the, the sad fact here with, the, with these kind of, uh, you know, schemes, where you have people betting financial futures like this, you know, on human beings is that eventually who is the house? Well, I think consumers have to be held responsible too. There's paperwork that you need to read, and if you don't read it, you you know if you can afford to purchase that home before you even go to see it. And when you look at the terms of your mortgage, you should be able to figure out unless of course you have an unexpected event happen in your life where you lose your job or god forbid you get terribly ill and you can no longer work and your pay is reduced but you look at your mortgage application and your approvals you should read it thoroughly and see that you're not in a fixed rate mortgage you're in a balloon and if you can't afford the ups and downs it's the consumer's responsibility to tell the realtor i can't afford that and not buy it although they did dangle it in your face like a, 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 you know, a fish with a seal, you still have to be responsible for your own actions to, to a degree. But the, the overarching question though, to me is that it, it just seems now, maybe I'm ignorant on this subject and, and forgive me if I am, but the fact is that if the system, let, let's start from the beginning anyway. When I was growing up, the idea was that, you know, you were probably a renter, you know, in the type of economic situation that I grew up in. You were a renter, and what you wanted to do is eventually get yourself into a better position so that a bank would loan you the money so that you could buy your own home. And eventually you would pay off that home, and it would be yours. And you would have something that, you know, uh, I, I forget who it was, Will Rogers, I guess, famously said, you know, buy land because God ain't making any more of it. And the idea was that that was all part of the American dream. Right. And they were selling you parts of that. And the fact is, who in in all realistic expectations was not going to accept the opportunity to try and buy a piece of the American dream? I don't think anybody was. And, I mean, you know, maybe there were a few people that could be responsible and say, you know, I don't think I can quite afford this. But the, the, the general sort of problem among people who are in lower economic brackets 
is this terribly sad belief that they can always attain a better station in life. And it's not necessarily true for everyone. The fact is that, you know, we're all supposed to dream of it, but very few of us attain it. Not everyone can be rich, not everyone can be famous, not everyone can be secure, and not everyone can have a piece of the American dream, sad as it is to say. And, you know, the fact is that they tried to teach us as children that anybody could do it. Anybody who was born here could be president. Anybody who was smart enough to figure out how to get it done and would put in the work could become rich, secure, have their own piece of the pie that they owned, that had their name on it, that that had their stake. So they were taking their piece of the American pie by picking up their piece of land with their home and trying to pay for it. Now, the terms and conditions of that, you know, there was sort of a reasonable expectation that if a financial institution was going to back this thing, they didn't expect that it would be with an unreasonable amount of pressure on them at any point in time. You can always refinance. You can always change things over. You can always negotiate. You can always do something. I think that it was way, way more a responsibility of the lenders and the predatory actions of these banks and all that is what really blew the whole thing out of proportion. Because the fact is, that if they they knew that they were selling stuff that wasn't going to work, they knew it very well, and it's evident in the fact that they were willing to bet against it when, you know, normally a financial institution is rooting for you to pay that note. Well, sure, it doesn't pay for them to have you lose your home. Well, but see, it did. This is the problem with these toxic assets, and this is why a, a company like J.P. Morgan is going to end up paying this stuff. And all these other companies went under is because... Too many things happened too fast, and the volume became too large. You know, if you bet $10,000 at a time, and you've only got $50,000, and, you know, you quickly run out 100 bets, what's going to happen? You're going to have a bill at the end. Right. You know, and these guys, just like everybody else, thought that, well, on the back end, I'll just cover it somehow. You know, but the fact is that there was too many people working against it in the system itself. And I think that that's just a really sad commentary and an accelerated version of what really happens in economic reality as it stands today. Failure, the lack of a person's ability to pay their debts, is literally built into the system as an inevitability. You know, like that uh, when, when we sat there and we watched that uh, video on the monetary system, when I was trying to show you these different documentaries, I think it was a portion of Zeitgeist where they sat there and they broke down in the best way I've ever seen the basic idea of the monetary system. When they explained to you that the money to pay all of the interest doesn't even exist. So that means that even if everyone in the world tried to pay off all of their bills with all of their interest, forget about the world, I'm sorry, I mean everyone in the country, let's just deal with the United States. Mm -hmm. Even though the global market is international and all that, let's just deal with the smaller problem of the country that was supposed to be economically free for everyone. The capitalist paradise. Well, even within that system and just within our U.S. dollar system, you have a situation where failure is not only an inevitability, but is absolutely guaranteed by the system itself. When you take that and you increase it exponentially, 
over top of the concept of mortgages, the concept of land, and the fact that people that never could buy a home before now suddenly had that opportunity. I don't know how you can blame the consumer at all. Well, it is the American dream to own a home. But at the same time, I do think you need to be responsible for your your own actions. I can't go out and buy a $35,000 car right now because I don't have enough money to pay the monthly payments. Even if a car lender said to me, well, that's okay. You'll be able to afford it. Knowing full well I can, it would be irresponsible of me to take on such a loan. Because what will happen is I'll default on the loan. They'll come and take the car away. And then, then what? I'm out the money. And I have nothing to show for it. And now they have a vehicle that they can turn around and resell. So they don't lose, I guess. What you're saying is correct. They don't lose. But the the consumer does have to be somewhat responsible for, for knowing what they can and cannot afford. Well, personal responsibility is a matter of common sense. I get that. But the fact is that we still don't allow, you know, uh, poisons to be sold to people on the open market. We don't allow uranium to be sold to people on the open market. Why? Because the consumer whoever they may or may not be, is not necessarily going to handle those things responsible. And the fact is that these institutions were going way beyond just what you can and can't afford. They did all kinds of things that made the situation worse. Like I said, I mean, the concept of betting against the person who you gave a mortgage to, okay, and then at the same time, like laying off your bets like uh, like a mob bookie does, it is just it is is repulsive when you're talking about people's homes, people's lives. Right. I mean, there was the uh, the scourge of the credit card debt, which has been reduced because they changed the rules by which these things could be done. But the way it was run in the '90s, you know, there were credit cards being handed to people. I mean, you saw news stories back then where dogs got credit cards. Right. Okay. It's, it was a matter of that was a predatory thing they did because they really were in the business of creating a debt and then using the debt as a commodity. This is what the problem is. Debt is not a commodity. When you want to sell off debt, that's when dangerous things begin to happen. And if you don't regulate the way the debt is handled, then you're going to have these things go on. I mean, again, maybe I'm ignorant of this particular situation but to me it just seems like it was a whole lot more to do with the big people you know clumping us all together and taking advantage of us collectively president kennedy in the head could have come from a different rifle is an interesting question plus 50 years later why are we still so obsessed with JFK? There was a profound sense of loss of the promise of the Kennedy presidency. All do not believe Lee Harvey Oswald was the lone gunman. And there have been many theories about the assassination, like Bonner Menninger's book, Mortal Error, The Shot That Killed JFK, which claims that Secret Service agent George Hickey accidentally fired the fatal shot to Kennedy's head. Veteran detective Colin McLaren used the ARRB's work to expand on that theory in the book, JFK, The Smoking Gun, which so many of the witnesses talked about. Um, the fundamentally different behavior of the bullet that hit President Kennedy in the head as opposed to the one that hit him in the upper back. Um, so there are there are questions there that, that need uh, a thorough review and a thorough uh, 
uh, understanding. But it's good for people to see that there are other theories, and let's test them in the public's mind. Let's hear what people have to say about them. Uh, so I think that's good. That's really the, be- the the highest and best use of the records that, that we found and we released. I think everyone hopes that someday uh, clear and hard evidence concerning other people's involvement in the possible conspiracy would come to light. Uh, I do think that those who are doing research on Oswald's connections, who he may have met at various times, are doing good research, and hopefully uh, there may be some answers coming out of that that might lead to a conspiracy. I'm a judge. I go for the hard evidence, the evidence admissible in court. And uh, there's a lot of that that, that ties Oswald uh, to all of the shots. But whether he was doing something to impress somebody else, that maybe someone else didn't tell him to do it, but someone else maybe suggested something to him, that might be enough for a conspiracy. Beyond that, uh, all the questions, are they all going to be answered to the degree of certainty that Americans would like to have? No. Um, we're too many years after the fact. There are too many holes in the investigation in 1963. And why, 50 years later, are we still so fascinated? There was a profound sense of loss in the country. Uh, a profound sense of the uh, loss of the promise of the Kennedy presidency. Okay, there you just heard some of the presentation on the Reels channel, which, of course, the uh, mainstream media in various forms, various locations, all different types of formats, anything you can think of. From the USA Today releasing uh, part of the Dallas Morning News on down has... uh, has turned around and given us a whole lot of 50th anniversary JFK assassination news, brand new documentaries, and plenty, plenty, plenty of garbage to fill your heads with disinformation. Um, sadly, on there you heard Bill Curtis, who is one of the best-known narrators, and, uh, of course, voices of the various cold case and other types of biography A&E network shows. He's an often used narrator. Uh, he sort of lends some sort of gravitas to uh, what he's talking about just by his voice. In addition, we got to hear a little bit from John Thunheim, who was the, I believe, the chairman of the Assassination Records Review Board in the mid-90s. For those of you who forgot, that was the uh, the board created by the JFK Records Collection Act, which was an act of Congress which created a temporary agency under the executive branch of our government in order to declassify, release, collect, and otherwise expose to the public via the JFK Records Collection at the National Archives uh, all sorts of interesting tidbits about the assassination of our 35th president. Uh, it is sad to me that Thunheim has lent himself to stuff like this, and a lot of the stuff he had to say really amazes me. The fact that he says that he saw no hard evidence that there was any other shooter other than Oswald, well, I've got to say that that's a typical establishment line, and it has been in place since 1964 in September when the Warren Commission released its 26 volumes and report. Um, but the sad thing to me now 
is that in 2013, as we approach, we're only, you know, two and a half days away or two days away from the 50th anniversary of the assassination, which was November 22nd, 1963, uh, we are still being inundated with all of this disinformation. That's part of the Reels channel uh, presentation, like I said. And, you know, they have... The resurrection of the awful Bonner-Menninger uh, uh, theory, which came from a book called Mortal Error, which was released in the 90s, which was a, a, a terrible miscarriage of, I don't know what, um, ballistics expert Howard Donahue postulated that... Uh, that uh, Secret Service agent George Hickey fired the fatal shot into the back of Kennedy's head from the AR-15, which is the uh, civilian version of the M-16 uh, assault rifle. And it is just one of the worst conclusions I've ever seen in a conspiracy or non-conspiracy book uh, related to uh, Kennedy. I mean, it's almost better to say Oswald shot alone because it's more believable. Uh, Donahue did a lot of great work and came up with a lot of very interesting conclusions up to that point, but was terribly, terribly misled by a photograph of Hickey holding that uh, that rifle. Um, you know, the book company was even sued and uh, lost the court case, or actually settled the court case, I should say. Nowadays, uh, after Donahue death and after Hickey's death they're you know of course revising history as they often do and uh, you know it's it's really become quite an interesting uh, um, you know foray into fantasy the reels channel of course brought us uh, you know carried the Kennedy's miniseries that was dropped by the history channel uh, couple years ago, I think it was 2011, and uh, that was an interesting series, uh, no doubt, but of course, there was a lot of protest from people like myself because of the terrible revision and uh, smearing of historical figures in that uh, series. But um, I'm going to definitely join in on more of this JFK 50th anniversary stuff later. But I really wanted to point to that one because it was a short half-hour thing that the Reels channel did uh, as sort of a way to lend more weight to its JFK The Smoking Gun documentary, which was, again, just the resurrection of that Secret Service agent accidentally shot Kennedy theory, which I find wholly ridiculous. Uh, what do you think about the JFK got shot by the Secret Service agent uh, theory? I don't agree with that at all. Just watch the way the president's head went from side to back. It's obvious he wasn't shot from behind. The fatal shot was not from behind. Well, there you go. I mean, look. And I'm not an expert on it. See, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little uncomfortable with the idea of being called an expert, but. At the same time, I've done a lot of study on it. I've read hundreds of books. And I've got to tell you that, you know, just from a, a cursory examination of the autopsy pictures, you know, the, the, the photographs that we got from Secret Service Agent Fox many years ago uh, that David Lifton, I think, was the first to publish. Uh, maybe Groden published them first. I don't remember. But the fact is that uh, those photographs I've gotten from the negatives since. And I've got to tell you that, you know, you can see that he was definitely hit in the back. But the nature of that headshot is is way beyond Questionable. We brought mariachi music from Guadalajara and spicy happy That was a brief clip from the Cleveland show, and that was a, a song sung by Mexican immigrants that were represented on there during one of the episodes. And uh, it brings up the topic that was on local radio tonight, which was about immigration and apparently something passing our New Jersey Senate uh, about funding 
illegal immigrants' children to go to college and all this kind of stuff. No, it's offering them financial aid if uh, they choose to go to school. So I, I personally don't support it. Well, I don't understand why it is that illegal immigrants end up with, you know, official funding, official this, that, and the third thing. I, I could never quite comprehend that. What's the point of being an illegal uh, person in a country if you're being given legal access to uh, tons of things that uh, half of us are not? I don't know. But local news, uh, let's see, Chris Christie, who's the uh, governor of New Jersey and has made plenty of national news since the Hurricane Sandy mess and uh, the visit by Obama at that time and all that good stuff. He was at the uh, CEO, let's see, the CEO uh, forum, I guess, in Washington, and he was discussing uh, something that really was common sense. You know, he, he basically said that uh, Obama's only, only won a year ago, and they're already talking to him about the 2016 election uh, because he's, you know, one of those hopeful candidates for the supposed right wing, you know, right wing, left wing. It's all same turkey to me. But fact is that, uh, you know, this guy is becoming one of those, you know, possible stars to run in the primaries for the Republicans, I guess, in 2016. Yet he just uh, won his election bid in this state to be uh, governor again. And um, I don't know. I find the guy kind of interesting, but I'm very sure we're going to have a lot more to talk talk about with him later on. I think that it's a common sense thing that he said, you know, look, you know, you're already talking about having this guy go out the door. How about letting him govern for another three years? As much as I disagree with Obama and everything else, he's got a point there. Um the lame duck, you know, scenario that occurs with presidents in their second term is is always a, con- a concern. But, you know, to me, it's really the third term of W anyway, because all he's done is continued the Bush agenda. I hope that if there's any difference that I ever make among anyone who listens to or reads anything I've written or spoken about over the years, I hope that I have introduced the idea that you need to think for yourself and you need to make you know, a, a good logical sort of arrangement of the story of what is actually happening around you. These things will affect you. And the government, if you rely on the government and the established news media to tell you the truth, then you will be sadly disappointed. And I guess that's all I have to say for today. And it's now November 20th. And hopefully I'll mix this down and get it up there. All right. This is James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, and you're listening to the Ocelli Effect at Ocelli.com. Support Chuck Ocelli at Ocelli.com. There's no money in it, so yeah, that is that's the, the problem. That's the biggest problem, I think. And, you know, some people would say that, look, you're in an age when you can be independently supported, but uh, quite frankly, I, I, I'm on that business model, too. And, uh, look, I'm not going to complain, but, uh, but I'm going to complain. Okay, because people want to support you. They love you to death, but uh, honestly... So if you're listening in, this is a very unsubtle request to support the damn show. And I want you to do this, too, because, you know, uh, the Achille Report is one of the few places where Greg Palace can get his his, uh, the the stuff out. I mean, you'll still see my bylines in some of these outlets, but nevertheless, um, I used to be a regular on CNN and on MSDNC, uh, but uh, no more. Revelation through conversation. Ochilly.com. Wall Street Gold. Silver. The stock market. Wall Street
Perhaps you're invested deeply. Perhaps you're not in deep enough. Maybe you're thinking about getting started. WallStreetWindow.com Michael Swanson, the brilliant author of The War State, understood these trends professionally for many years, and now he gives you the benefit of his knowledge. WallStreetWindow.com Go there now. Go there now. Go there now. Go there now. Do you like history, real history, that you were never taught in schools? Why? The Vietnam War, nuclear bombs and nation building in Southeast Asia by author Mike Swanson with new documentation never seen before that will open your eyes to events that led up to this. Why? The Vietnam War, nuclear bombs and nation building in Southeast Asia, 1945 through 1961. Get your copy today at Amazon. Why? The Vietnam War by author Mike Swanson. In Denial Secret Wars with Airstrikes and Tanks by Larry Hancock. Secret wars became a staple of U.S. covert operations and are still happening today. Larry Hancock's book, In Denial, rips the cover off many of them. Using new files, it exposes things about the Bay of Pigs that no one has ever written about before. It shows why it really failed and why the United States did not learn from it. Secret wars became a staple of U.S. covert operations and are still happening today. It also shows why other countries today are doing secret operations with more success. This is the book that puts what some want to deny into the light. In Denial, Secret Wars with Airstrikes and Tanks. Larry Hancock. For more information, go to Larry-Hancock.com. Pick up your copy of In Denial at Amazon.com in digital or physical form. Uncle, do you remember that time when the year 2012 was going to create the apocalypse end of the world? Right. And it thought it would come to the end. Did it ever end up that way? No. Yeah. Like we say, the only way it will end is when he is ready for That's it right. to end. That's how it is. So if you want the real truth about 2012, you better listen to the Ocelli.com radio network. Radio broadcast.com. Yeah, forget it's John Cusack. John Cusack doesn't know, doesn't talking about. know what he's talking actually about correct but we here at the ocelli radio network sure do do you understand and understand where it's actually coming from ocelli.com all that noise means you're listening to the ocelli effect podcast i am chuck ocelli and i'm kimberly ocelli this day in history, in 1503, Nostradamus, physician, alchemist, and, of course, soothsayer, who apparently could prognosticate the future in his quatrains, famously was born in France in 1503. 1799, George Washington, the uh, recognized first president of the United States, although that is a disputable fact, uh, dies at the age of 67. He was born in 1732. Uh, in 1900, Professor Max Planck of Berlin University revealed his revolutionary quantum theory. In 1956, Elvis Presley gave his final performance on Louisiana Hayride, a live radio program. Elvis made 50 appearances on the show. The legendary phrase, Elvis has left the building, was coined this day by Horace Logan. In 1961, Israel annexed the Golan Heights. 
1977, the Sex Pistols were refused entry into the United States two days before a scheduled NBC TV appearance. Johnny Rotten because of a drugs conviction, Paul Cook and Sid Vicious because of moral turpitude, and Steve Jones because of his criminal record. All right, so in 2003, we have a disheveled Saddam Hussein is broadcast worldwide on television for the first time after coming out of a hole. Uh, in 2006, you have? 2006, co-founder of Atlantic Records, Amit Erdogan, died at age 83. He helped make Ray Charles and Aretha Franklin become stars in 1947. In the early 70s, he signed the Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin. He died after suffering a head injury when he fell at a Rolling Stones concert at New York's Beacons Theater and slipped into a coma. Okay. In 2008, the uh, infamous shoe-throwing incident uh, occurred uh, on George W. Bush, President George W. Bush's uh, last uh, planned trip as president to Iraq. He was nearly hit by the shoes. In uh, 2012, of course, this day in history, the Sandy Hook shooting in Newtown occurred, or maybe didn't, depending on who you talk to. And, of course, uh, this year, in 2013, we have the single casualty and single wounded woman, again in another town in Colorado, eight miles away from Columbine. So we have another school shooting in the great state of Colorado. As part of the new normal in the world and, of course, our country, we had, uh, I just recently discovered on the internet that in October of 2013, House Resolution 347 adds felony charges to the possibility for protests while in the presence of Secret Service agents. That means that Secret Service agents have the ability to, uh, detain and get people in trouble for felonies when they're simply protesting or making noise or doing anything else that could be considered a threat. Now, wouldn't that be considered violation of the First Amendment freedom of speech? Seems to me like a selective quashing of free speech for the convenience of the protectees of the Secret Service. Uh, Yeah, Fox News, an establishment tool and a tool in the general sense, stated the uh, NSA would also soon be... Uh, re restricted in its abilities to uh, track us and all that good stuff. But yeah, the uh, free speech zones that were introduced back in uh, George W. Bush's first term have gone way, way further out of control, of course, because free speech and uh, the ability to freely assemble and all those kind of wonderful rights that we had according to our initial Ten Amendments to the Constitution, which should be uh, called the Bill of Rights here on, uh, seem to be under attack constantly. Well, if it's a peaceful protest, I don't see the reason for this particular New House resolution. Unless, of course, you are disagreeing with what the government is saying, then I can understand it. Well, yeah. I don't understand it, but I see why they're doing it. But the right to disagree is exactly what the protection of free speech is about. Exactly. Uh, you know, the most undesirable speech is that which needs to be protected the most. I forget who said that, and I am definitely paraphrasing. But the point here to me is that, again, we have further evidence of not only the Obama administration, but just the American political, you know, uh, establishment in general attacking free speech on a, on a continuous basis and sort of chipping away at our rights little by little. 
So further evidence uh, that this was, you know, uh, part of the agenda is that Obama signed it. It's now a law. It was kind of done, you know, under the cover of darkness. Of course, the uh, Fox News people, the generally adversarial uh, news agency to anything Democratic or should I say non-Republican, non-conservative, according to the mainstream ideals here, uh, is, is wholly responsible for this. But. You know, it came to light again not long ago the uh, the suppression of free speech in Dealey Plaza, and um, that was in Dallas, Texas, by the way, the site of the JFK assassination in 1963. In case you forgot, and that was on November 22nd. Now the 50th anniversary just passed by, and of course, Homeland Security, along with the Dallas City Elders and the Sixth Floor Museum, in conjunction with a couple of other security agencies, decided to control, quash, and otherwise hide the free speech of many a person who was in disagreement with the official explanation. But what exactly are they going to charge you with? Well, it's not really clear here. It seems to leave it to the uh, preview of the Secret Service agents, which to me is highly dangerous. Uh, you know, they are, when they're in the capacity of protection, there to physically and uh, completely protect certain peoples who could be uh, subject to attack by the public. But the thing is, is that free speech is not an attack, and I don't understand why uh, that it, it creates a, a felony situation for people bullhorning or for people uh, shouting at or all these other things, uh, you know, anybody uh, from the president to congressmen. I mean, a lot of people don't realize that this will also extend to presidential candidates, which during their time uh, running for office are also under the protection of the Secret Service. So that means, technically speaking, even if you wanted to speak out against a candidate or speak to him directly as just a citizen, uh, not a necessarily a credentialed press person or anything else, you're no longer going to be able to do that without fear of possible reprisal or punishment by the Secret Service who could have you arrested as a threat. Uh, you know, they could sort of do this before, but now it gives them real legal standing to do so. So, according to the House resolution. Now, these things obviously are much too long to be fully uh, uh, absorbed by most of us, and we don't generally know the entire contents of these laws. I mean, they're very large and very complex. Well, that's setting you up for if if one of the presidential candidates is at a, a public forum, say at a, at a university or, or a library or a town hall of a big city, and you have a bunch of people in there, and the particular person is questioning the candidate about a particular issue and he doesn't like the answer that he's getting and they go back and forth a little bit. So does that mean this uh, Secret Service can just come and arrest you for questioning in maybe a loud voice or not being happy with the answer? It's just, it doesn't, it, it sounds like... Well, that's exactly the point. You can be charged with a felony. So then it's a dictatorship then, basically, is what our country's coming into because it's taking away our First Amendment right, freedom of speech. We are, as I've said many, many times, and as I will probably continue to say for as long as I can until they decide to lock me up, uh, the, the bottom line here is that our freedoms are being eroded on a constant basis. And a lot of people don't see that there is a danger in this because they think it's being done for our protection or for the protection of uh, different assets or different uh, uh, pieces of our society or representatives. I mean, this is what a lot of people seem to accept this under. 
wonder is that, well, it needs to be done for security reasons. Well, they're turning us into sheeples because that is one of our rights is to be able to challenge. Well, that, that's precisely the point. But, it, you know, most people are going quite willingly because they don't understand that stuff like this is, is extremely dangerous. You know, when you, even in the statement that you made where you said, well, if it's a loud protest or if it's a problem or, you know, you what are the, who's to judge where what the protest the is just, where mm-hmm. the protest is not just, where the protest is disruptive, etc., etc. I mean, there needs to be reasonable standards set for this stuff, and it seems to be wide open and rife for abuse. Because the bottom line is that, let's just say that you are against the fact that we have been, for more than a decade, at war in the Middle East, and you wanted to say to the President, look, you know, we need to get our boys out of there. We need to get our Coast Guard back to guarding our coast. We need to get our National Guardsmen back to being National Guardsmen. We need to uh, stop fueling the military-industrial complex, and we need to stop doing these things under the guise of this uh, imaginary war on terror, which has no particular uh, goal, no exit strategy, and uh, no uh, no scheme for victory. You know, we watched the news basically throughout the day today, and not one time did I see anything about that. I know it was in October, but you would think that that would be a pretty big subject to still be discussed on the regular news media. Well, that's the problem. The mainstream media doesn't cover the things that, you know, seem to matter to us. Uh, no, they're showing pictures of Giselle breastfeeding her baby while getting her hair done. Can we be real? Who cares? Well, you know, that's the thing, is, is we'll deal with sensational crap instead of, you know, the fact that, like I said, there have been, our boys have been in harm's way for more and than ladies. a decade. Uh, sure, ladies, uh, fine, but our people, how about that, have been in yeah. harm's way for over a decade. And what are you supposed to say to this? You know, it, it's a daily struggle, and where is that being mentioned? It's being ignored. Well, I, I would think that this is something that could certainly be challenged in the Supreme Courts. If if you and I were out in a protest and we got arrested for whatever reason. As with most things that violate our country's tenants uh, on a very basic level, it's going to take the challenge of everyday citizens to bring it to the Supreme Court, to bring it to light. And we can't depend on the, uh, the existing mainstream media to do so. They have absolutely failed us on this as they have on many other subjects. And it, it is... A daily uh, point of disgust for me that, like I said, you know, when you have these guys and, and girls over in the deserts sitting there and dealing with the garbage that they do on a daily basis for these wars, which have zero exit strategy. You know, Dick Cheney told us the truth when he said, you know, this was the kind of war that could last for generations. Right. And that was one of the last truths that I think was told by these people to us. And if anybody thought that there was going to be this change you could believe in with Obama, you know what? It's been a continuation of the loss of liberty. And I'm telling you, the New World Order simply put on a black face and decided to sell it to us that way. I got to tell you that I really wanted to wait until the circus left town as far as the JFK assassination went for the 50th anniversary. I did absolutely nothing on my YouTube channel at Blind JFK, uh, that the Blind JFK uh, researcher channel on YouTube, which I have posted over the years, various uh, pieces of work uh, denoting some of my research and also uh, my criticisms of other authors' work. I've done only a little bit of work over the past year uh, myself, and I'm going to uh, start to look into others' work as well as uh, continuing my own research as soon as funds become available to do so. Um, Because I, as I was... uh 
examining things last year around the time of Hurricane Sandy, I was interrupted. Uh, but at that time, I was looking into um, certain aspects of the uh, Martin Luther King assassination, uh, in addition to uh, some of the lies and the mis mis conceptions about the uh, official records uh, regarding the Vietnam War, uh, the pretext which launched the war, and the records of individuals who have been uh, sort of sucked into the intelligence agencies. Now, despite the fact that my uncle uh, sent me emails and also sent me some documents to try and dissuade me from uh, pursuing what I believe to be uh, an interesting and uh, sort of obfuscated portion of my father's history regarding these things. I am continuing that inquiry and keeping in mind uh, the warnings I was given by Dr. James Douglas, who was the author of JFK and the Unspeakable, uh, Gandhi and the Unspeakable, and I do believe is uh, due to put out a book on Martin Luther King Jr., which uh, may be yet another book in the Unspeakable sort of series. Keeping those cautions in mind from Dr. Douglas, I uh, am going to sincerely continue this inquiry myself. Uh, in addition, I will also be picking up my JFK studies as I have over the decades now that I've worked on it, and uh, I've contributed to various other authors' works, uh, but not published a book of my own, only a few articles, and uh, some online uh, pieces exist that I have claimed authorship to, but I assure you I've done a lot more work in this area than is publicly known, and will continue to do so. Uh, in addition, I would uh, strongly suggest anybody who wants a complete overview on the assassination, and in fact a strange sort of chronology of time itself, you may want to look into uh, Dr. Walt Brown's uh, JFK chronology, uh, which is uh, over 32,000 pages long. It's on CD-ROM, so you don't have to buy the 40 or 50 books that it would take up volume by volume like an encyclopedia in your home. But anyway, I think that's going to wrap it up for now. So, as always, I urge everyone to think for themselves and examine for themselves. And remember the axiom that although history doesn't seem to repeat itself, it does apparently rhyme. That's a paraphrase, of course, of a Mark Twain quote. But anyway, for now, I'm Chuck O'Chelly. And I'm Kimberly O'Chelly. Thank you for listening tonight. And please, by all means, keep checking out The O'Chelly Effect. Hi. I am Jesus Christ, the most credible spokesman ever. And I listen to the Ocelli Effect because Chuck Ocelli has his shit together. And he kind of thinks like me. Sometimes. Let he who goes to Ocelli.com get stoned. Much love. See you soon. The views expressed by callers, co-hosts, or anyone else who happens to get on the air at Ocelli.com do not necessarily reflect the views of Ocelli.com or Chuck Ocelli. And we are not responsible for any stupidity which might ensue. Thank you.
Nobody's talking about exercise or eating food that's fresh grown from the farm. That's why I will not comply. Quit trying to take me to task because I don't want to wear a mask or take a vaccine that could maybe make me die. They got no scientific evidence to back that crap up. All they do is feed us lies. 